Welcome to Inside Impact, where we give you a behind the scenes peek at how organizations can create positive change in their communities. I'm Elisa Herr, founder of Unity Web Agency. And on the show today, I talk with someone who helps social entrepreneurs to figure their shit out. She's my friend, Christina Marie Noel, founder of Noel & Co, as well as the FISO, or Figure Your Shit Out Accelerator. And when we met in 2018, she was one of the first people I knew who was all in on social entrepreneurship. Ideally, all entrepreneurs should be social entrepreneurs, right? Like, I see social entrepreneurship as caring about using entrepreneurship in business as a force for good. Before becoming an entrepreneur herself, Christina's career took her from Wall Street to insurance, but neither were quite the right fit for her. She wanted to change the world. I was asked by a friend, like, what would you do if you didn't have to worry about money? And I knew the answer. I was like, I love giving back. Like, I just want to make a positive impact. And I had never thought of that question before. Like, what would you do if you didn't have to worry about money? Like, I always, you have to worry about money, right? Like, you have to, like, be able to provide for yourself. But from that, I was like, so what do you do when you're at a transition point? I was like, well— I feel like it always, like my parents would always push me to go to grad school. So I'm like, I'm going to go get my MBA, but I'm going to lean into this. Like that day I committed, I'm like, I'm going to make an impact. It was in all of my MBA program applications and in doing research for MBA programs, um, I stumbled upon a TED talk by Jay Cohen Gilbert. He's one of the founders of B-Lab. And so I was like, wait a minute. I always figured I'd go get my MBA, but then still plan to like work at a nonprofit. And then when I discovered B Corps, I'm like, what? You can have like profit and purpose (laughs) at the same time. And so I was very intrigued. And then life would have it that in between my first and second year of my MBA program, I landed an internship at B Lab, the nonprofit behind the whole freaking movement. So what that looked like, so if you haven't heard of B Corps, the B stands for benefit. If you've listened to the previous episode, I heard you talk to Maria Kingery about B Corps. Boop, boop. Um, so as an intern, they brought me like a dorky, very dorky MBA student. And they're like, hey, we're going to pay you to like audit 10 different mission-driven companies' impact. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to pay me to do this? So I, we, I got to meet companies big and small. There was like a there's Spotlight Solar, which creates these beautiful solar installations. That was like a two-person team at the time, all the way up to like Ben and Jerry's in Burlington, Vermont, um, which was bonkers. Like, it was insane. I got, like, a behind-the-scenes tour of the chocolate factory, basically. Like, it was straight-up Willy Wonka style. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Like, it was not the tourist one. It was, like, the other plant. And and that day, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm like, you look at—it's ice cream, you know? Nobody thinks about how such a delightful product— is so much more. There's what goes into the ice cream, the people that make the ice cream, all of the companies that Ben and Jerry's works with that they then create jobs for too. Like there's all these amazing ripple effects. And I saw that in Ben and Jerry's, right? Like this one company, this one product impacts so many lives and so many communities and creates so much joy. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to be my life. This is like the path I'm going. So I've been in the B Corp movement since then, which is pretty cool. Graduated, worked at a B Corp, and then about three and a half years into that, quit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you left out um, a really exciting part is that you got an award from B Lab. 
for, oh. what was it? Oh, I was MVP for a year. Yeah. I mean, I love that I'm like, it was 2014, 2015. So I was working at the Redwoods Group, a certified B Corp out of Morrisville. So North what's Carolina. so cool? North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you might want to know what state that's in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they specialize in keeping people safe with a specific emphasis on keeping kids safe. So they're an insurance company for youth-serving organizations like the YMCA and Boys and Girls Clubs and summer camps and Jewish community centers. And because of that, they specialize in aquatic safety. And so they're like aquatic safety, child sexual abuse prevention, fascinating work. And also because I was a B Corp person, they supported me in doing volunteerism as part of my role. And they sent me to the B Corp Champions Retreat. And there we all decided that North Carolina is the greatest. And we wanted to bring the annual retreat, which is kind of like, it had become like an Olympics competition. It's like, who's going to host the Olympics? And in North Carolina, we're like, we're we're the best. So obviously we are. So over the course of a year, <laughs> like we built this community and we made a campaign and we threw... I mean, I was like, how are we going to win the Olympics? I'm like, we're going to throw a huge mission-driven party. So, I, I mean, you might call it community building. I <laughs> I call it, you know. Competition winning. Yeah, competition winning and changing hearts and minds through beer and good music. Mm-hmm. Mission-driven beer, which was, I'm, I love that I'm like, it's Fat Tire. Oh, yeah. They're certified B Corp. Yes, so. they are. Yeah. And in North Carolina. Totally. Bad thing happened at the end of that, right? <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. <laughs> HB2 happened, and North Carolina got a big, yeah. fat, stinking seal on its butt I know. and said, don't come here. Yeah, so. we did pass some pretty arguably hateful legislation, so yes. we ended up having the retreat in Philadelphia that year. And but, it's never come here, and it should because North Carolina is the best. And it is the best. so many B Corps in North Carolina. And we're going to work on it. Yep. B-Lab. I guess we're going to just, like, have to email this specific yeah. <laughs> episode. Hey, B-Lab, so North Carolina, we're ready for y'all. We are. To come to the South. Because, I mean, one of the things I said is when I moved to North Carolina, I'm like, you know, I could go work at Impact in Colorado or in New York or in California. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to come home. I'm from North Carolina. And, like, making an impact in the South, it's it's complicated. But— change is complicated and I want to be here and I'm proud to be here and our community is so special. Yeah, it is. So your business, Noel & Co., is now a certified B Corp. We Tell are. us about Noel & Co. Well, so the way we make money, <laughs> I feel like I have to like differentiate our community impact with um, our mission as a company. So first and foremost, we're a marketing and strategy consultancy, and we specialize in helping mission-driven companies drive sustainable growth. So our bread and butter thing that we do is creating holistic marketing strategies and helping companies better connect with their ideal customers. So the way I've been talking about it lately is if you're an impact, you have a story to tell. You know, you're doing what you're doing for a reason. And so the question is, do the people that need to know your story know it? And are you telling it in a way that's clear? And is it compelling? Or are you just boring people to tears? Because, <laughs> like, nobody needs another, like, two minutes of their life stolen by boring marketing content. 
So that's what we do. We help make sure that these amazing stories are getting out there and they're getting in front of the right people. That's really powerful. I and love important. it. I'm like, we exist to amplify your impact. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the day job. And what is the weekend job? The weekend job, I mean, we still do it on weekdays. Maybe it's oh, like okay. the 80-20 thing, you know, how like at Google, it's like 80% of it is we work with customers that have product market fit, i.e. they have budget, in which case they can invest it with a marketing firm to then work on their ROI. But our 20% is spent on FISO. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what does FISO stand for? It stands for figure your shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I remember when you were trying to figure out, you were trying to figure out your shit. And it was, what do I call this accelerator? And you were like, can I call it this? Can I call it figure your shit out? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, you can call it that. <laughs> and also the acronym is perfect. FISO. FISO. Yeah. I know. So we can, we can be quote unquote professional or PC when we when we need to, but it is exactly what it sounds like. And the name ended up being, the name started as a joke. Like actually it was a friend who's a graphic designer. I'm like, there needs to be a resource where founders who are early stage, who are just trying to figure their shit out, like come together. And she looked at me and she was like, you should call it that. And I'm like, ha. Ah. <laughs> yeah. like, sure, former straight A student, rule follower, I'm going to call this thing, figure shit out. But when I was piloting it, I did a webinar for all of one person. Mm. I'm, and, you know, every founder has that story where you're like, I'm launching this thing. And then, like, nobody shows up. But you <laughs> recorded it. So <laughs> it was real. Yes. And someone watched the recording, and I, I joked. I'm like, well, it's this thing, and it's a program. We're going to come together, and we're going to figure our shit out. And, I, and then I put, like, what is that? The asterisks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the star. Um, yeah. I love that I'm like, I don't. Yeah. yeah, so I put asterisks, probably will be rebranded to something professional. And <laughs> what we figured out was what the program became was making sure, bringing together a diverse group of founders that were in some way mission-driven or community-focused. And we made sure that we started by, like, looking at what our goals were as founders and then figuring out plans for how we were going to build a business that was as sustainable for us as it was for what we were setting out to achieve. Mm -hmm. And what that means is we were just straight up coming together and figuring our shit out. And I'm a total nerd about like frameworks and tools. And at the end of, we, we piloted it for three months. And at the end, they were like, yeah, it was just so nice to have community and people. And FISO was like, you know, my founder's therapy group. And yeah, we just really need people. And that's, like, where most of the value comes from. And so as a marketer, it's so funny talking. It's like, yes, we give you tools. And yes, you know, you come up with a plan. But the most important thing you really need is community mm -hmm. to get you through it, to help you explore what you want, to help you figure out your leadership, to pivot and pivot again and pivot again. I mean, and you were that for me. Not all founders have that. Right. And that's where FISO came from is I'm like, when you're starting out, like, that's when shit is really hitting the fan. Like, in my case, I met Elisa. I'd, like, met Elisa before I, you know, took the leap. And it's so lonely. And I was afraid of making mistakes or being pursued, like, viewed as flaky. And so I isolated myself. So I was just, like, working from home. I was doing a storytelling project. Like, 
I didn't really want to leave the house. I mean, I was straight up depressed. And every mistake, which is absolutely a part of the entrepreneurial process, is test, iterate, test, iterate. Well, iteration feels a lot like failure. Mm -hmm. And then pivoting also feels a lot like failure. But, like, if you do that with friends, you realize, like, it's insanely normal. Like, entrepreneurship is, like, mistake-making and testing and trying and figuring your shit out Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, like— at first, it starts and ends with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's really interesting, and I'm curious to know what you think now that you're a mom. But mm. to me, I was a parent before I founded my company. But I felt like when I founded Unity, it felt to me like I had another baby. Mm. And I had a community of parents, like other parents of other young children. And they helped me get through that hard period Aww. of that first year of life where it's like, so much is riding on you <laughs> as a parent. And it felt like the same thing with starting a business. And I'm like, where's my community? Mm-hmm. I need people because I can't do this shit by myself. No, because you can't. Yeah. And and there's just so much power in community, like from connections to just, hey, this is super normal. Yeah. Like how you're feeling is super normal. Are you depressed? Totally normal. I mean, it's if you're entering into the unknown, it's a life transition, and transitions are hard. And yeah. Do you see parallels in your in like having a business and having a baby? Because you have babies oh. under a year old. Oh yes, one hundred percent. I feel yeah. like being an entrepreneur has totally prepared me for being a mom. <laughs> like living in the chaos and the uncertainty, and it always be. I mean, it's been so much harder than I even imagined. Like I'm, I'm not surprised, but still, yeah. It didn't mean it didn't like punch me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like the lack. How do you prepare for a lack of sleep or, you know, complete uncertainty or like freaking out about how you're making your partner feel as an entrepreneur? Like uh-huh. are you letting them down? There's yeah. a lot of the same worries. It is. And struggles. Yeah. There's finances, emotion, ego, identity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then worry worry that you're doing it wrong, right? Like yeah. especially in entrepreneurship and in parenting, right? Because One of the hardest things you have to learn is in entrepreneurship and parenting is there's no one right way. So, you know, there's so many business support organizations are like, we're going to give you the 10 steps to follow. And it's, I I call bullshit. Like, that's BS. You, there is no 10 step plan. I mean, there's tools. There's certain like things you can try. There's certain, you know, strategies. But at the end of the day, you're going to learn your market. You're going to figure out your strategy. You're going to know your business. And you have to figure that out yourself. And right. you're the biggest expert. Mm-hmm. When you try to follow someone else's step system like that, you can't. when you find yourself not able to move from step three to step four, you feel like a failure. Mm. But it's not you. It's the system of steps. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> and that comes up a lot in Feist. They're like, so, like, when are you going to tell me what to do? And I'm like— <laughs> Well, <laughs> the hard part is, I think it's like an Andy Warhol quote. It's like the thing I would I want most as a boss. And I remember that first year, first two years, like wanting that so much. I'm like, can someone just tell me what to do? Can someone tell me if I'm spending four months on something that's a waste of time? And the answer is nothing's really a waste of time. You learn, but, you know, depending upon your situation, every mistake costs you time and money, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. But but you also gain from those mistakes. It costs you time and money, but you've gained experience Mm -hmm. and some really hard-earned lessons. Totally. Totally. The 
problem that you saw for yourself mm. <laughs> and that you saw in your friends like me, <laughs> who are also entrepreneurs, you you created FISO for people that were in that similar similar boat. And one thing that I found was really interesting is that the people that participated in FISO early on, I don't actually know who's been in it recently, but Ooh. early on, I remember there were some people that were early stage entrepreneurs, but there were also people that had a business and were a few years in and mm-hmm. needed help. So what was it that you do in the accelerator that can help people at any of those stages? Yes. So what FISO, like as far as the program and resources go, is all about finding product market fit, which if you've never heard of what that means, it means I am solving a problem. And as a business, the question is, is there actually a customer that's willing to pay me to solve that problem? And, you know, whenever you look at, like, any any app you want to develop or website or solution you want to develop, you know, oftentimes when you talk to early entrepreneurs, it's like, who's your customer? And they're like, everybody needs this. But not everyone's going to pay you for it. <laughs> not everyone's—it's not—it might not be a pain point enough yet that they're willing to pay you how much you need to make the business work. And it's, it's so interesting. Like, everything in entrepreneurship is so often simple, but it's not— easy. And so, like, FISO is all about if you're going to launch new products or services, so, or you're at a transition point into business. So, like, we've had everything from, like, I'm going to start a makerspace, and then to, I've been in this for five years, and I'm, my, my, like, life is being ruined by my business. What do I do? I've had a consultancy for, you know, four plus years and I had partners and now I don't. And now what do I want to do with it? Like, do I want to take on partners again? What is my vision, right? Like, how do I position myself in the marketplace? Like, what makes me and what I do different from everyone else in my field? And so these like foundational questions sound simple, but they're so hard. And what, and that's why we say early stage is like, you could be 10 years in and knowing that your business needs to go in a completely new direction and FISO could still be a good fit because it's all about, are you trying to find product market fit? Like, Mm -hmm. are you trying to find the path forward from where you're at today? So, like, are you in a transition? Mm -hmm. Oh, and then I guess I didn't really answer the question about, like, what do we do in it? So, the way we're doing it this year test and iterate. So we launched it. What's what's fun is we launched it over a weekend in 2019 in the fall. And so that was the first cohort. We made it six months after the pilot because we figured out you can't do anything in three months, realistically. Mm-hmm. It's just like not enough time. So six months seems like a long time, but we tried to make it as like manageable as possible. So like we all met in person and the rest of it was virtual because inclusion has been a huge word for me. Like I wanted FISA to work that if you're the kind of person who has a side hustle or is thinking about a side hustle and wants to quit their job, like, that's when you need it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't recommend, I decided on a Friday that I was going to quit and did it on a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) And like, if you can avoid that, it's a very stressful road to go that path. And so we wanted it to be inclusive, making it virtual mostly helps. And what we've also figured out though is, building a foundation of relationships in person is also really helpful. So 
interestingly enough, we started in 2019. You know what? You all know what happened in 2020, most mm-hmm. likely. A global pandemic hit. <laughs> so the, everybody was virtual. Every, and everybody was scrambling to figure their shit out. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So that was our biggest cohort was 20. So we had like nine, I think, in the first cohort in 2019. Then we went to like 22 <laughs> virtually. And what was really cool, so the pilot was 50-50 men and women-ish. We were like very diverse. I like, since it was a pilot, that was like my vision. And then who is going to take the chance on a brand new product? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was all women in our first official cohort. So love you ladies. Oh my gosh. So then after that first cohort, the question was, should we be a women's program? I got very close to making that call and then ultimately couldn't. I ended up having to, like, revisit the pilot and Mm go, okay, women who are in the pilot, like, would you have preferred it to be all women? Or, you know, was it being inclusive helpful? And fun fact, any man man that shows up to a program called Figure Shit Out is freaking awesome. Like, the men that have done FISO are, like, just so insanely wonderful. And so, long story short, I'm like, I, I, as a leader, can't run a non-inclusive program. Mm -hmm. So— That was the line in the sand, and thank God it was, because looking at our 2020 cohort, 2021 cohorts, like, it was, I think, 70 to 80 percent people of color. It was more than half women, but it was still all genders and all races and all people in different walks of life, and and that community was so special to see, like, these founders come together and support each other. So— over the last two cohorts, we launched with a boot camp over a month. So we took, like, what we did that first weekend for the first cohort and split it up into a month of intense content and speakers. They love that. <laughs> and then over the next, like, five months, it was then more just they had built a plan. They had gotten inspired. They'd started figuring their shit out. And then the hope was that they had support as they started implementing over the next six months. Now that the world has changed again, we're going to go back to kicking off in person in October 2022. I'm super pumped. Um, We're going to do a one-day kickoff that's going to be all focused on community building. And then, interestingly, we're going to test out a founder summit on day two. So we're— I saw that, and I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah. Is that only for participants? No, it's for everybody. Any founders. Whoa. I mean, this is a—it's a test. So our thought was, like, we're going to bring these people. Hopefully, they're going to come for a weekend if they're doing the cohort. And I'm like, we're going to do all this work to bring in these speakers. And, like, the ideal cohort size is between, like, 8 and 20. And I'm like, that's a lot of work for 8 to 20 people who are, like, in the right place at the right time. Mm, And then, interestingly enough, though, it's kind of— diverged into speakers <laughs> and instead we're we're like you know what like not everyone wants to do an accelerator or is in the place to do it right now what if we brought because what we've learned from FISO is there's a need for a safe space and community and collaboration I'm like what if we open that up and like brought back our alums and brought back more of the founders throughout the community and brought FISO to more people so this is the experiment we're going to have a founder summit. So then that way, I figure we'll do it in such a way that still bonds, continues to bond the new cohort. But we're going to, back to inclusion, we're going to open it up and see what happens. That's amazing. <laughs> 
Are a lot of the people that are participating in FISO also social entrepreneurs? They they are. We're very clear that, like, it's for mission-driven entrepreneurs, um, but— I'm also abundantly clear about you get to define what that means. Like, as long as you think that your business is about more than making profit, right? Like, there's there's a continuum, right? There's yeah. everything from, I'm in it for the money, all the way to, like, I run a co-op, and I don't own anything, and we share everything. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you get to decide where you want to fall on that. As long as your business is moving things in the, you know, moving the needle in the right direction, it's thinking about stakeholders like the community and the environment— you're welcome. And the thought is, and I've seen this, like sometimes the more traditional participants, you end up, like once you start going down this path, it's kind of like, isn't it like the matrix, red pill, <laughs> red pill, blue pill? Yeah. Like once you open up the door, like you can't unsee how your business can make an impact and mm-hmm. it'll change you for the better no matter what. And I mean, we have conversations all the time about, okay, here's this next question. <laughs> what am I going to do? And you know, what's nice about FISO is you get to decide. There isn't one right answer of how you should run your business and how mission-driven you should be in your hiring practices or how much you pay people or how you help your customers, right? Like, it's so unique and individual to every single business. And so it's a journey, not a destination. Yeah, totally. What are some big mistakes that you've seen that early mission-driven entrepreneurs or social entrepreneurs are making that mm. you've made, that I've made. I mean, we've, we've <laughs> talked about all, so many mistakes, but, like, what are some really common ones that you've seen come through? So the first one that comes to mind is market research mistakes. So building something without building it for your customer. So, like, one story I have is this amazing founder wanted to help with inclusion, inclusive hiring practices, but during their development process, they went and taught themselves to code, and they built this amazing program that, like, was the perfect solution to the problem of lack of inclusion in hiring. And then, but they they didn't work with any HR people. And so when it came time to, like, pilot what they had built, they couldn't even get people to try it for free because it was Aww. it wasn't built for where the market was at. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god! Like I'm just like this amazing person built this amazing thing. But the reality is, like you have to know your customers, you know, work with them, meet their needs, and it goes back to that like product market fits really freaking hard. And so I'm just like, oh, if they had just been in community, you know. They just don't fight. So, like, the one thing we hit on a lot is, like, are you asking the right questions and are they not leading? Because if you—we call it—there's a really great book called The Mom Test. And, you know, the idea behind it is if you go up to people, they're polite, and you're like, I've got this great idea, and you tell them what it is, they're going to look at you and be like, oh, my gosh, yes, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) But is it really great? Are they even your customer? Are they lying to be nice, right? Like, it's hard to get genuine feedback. So there's a, like, major art to doing market research that actually gets you real insights. So that's, like, mistake number one is, like, not finding the right customer and then not building the right solution for them. Mistake number two is not I th- I mean I think it's there it's it's that leadership thing it's like knowing what your goals are like is entrepreneurship even right for you like 
one huge Pfizer success story was a business owner who's a designer who's amazing at what she's amazing at and didn't like being a business owner. <laughs> and so yeah. she closed her store. And she was like, I never would have gotten there without FISO. And I'm like, that's a win. Like, <laughs> that's not the kind of thing that, you know, <laughs> the economic development people in North Carolina are going to love. But I'm like, now she can go do what she loves, which is design and not managing people. Yeah. And I think knowing yourself is so, 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 so important versus like getting excited about an idea and letting the idea rule your decision making versus what do I want? What do I need? You know, how do I want to show up? How do I want to be part of this? And when do I want out, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I run Noel & Co. I love being a marketing consultant. And I love, like, I'm I'm excited to build a team. But that's, like, what I've learned over the last four years is, I mean, when I quit, I'm like, I just want to work for myself. I want to be by myself. I just (laughs) want to be independent. And then over time, like, as I continue to figure my own shit out, like, even my goals and what I think is success have changed. And that's okay. But if you're not, if you get, it's so easy in entrepreneurship to get like lost in just the day-to-day that you've got to step out of yourself. You've got to have community and you've got to really stay true to who you are and what you want. Yeah. It sounds to me like the thing, I think you had said this and I'm not sure if you said it exactly this way, but it was that the community of FISO is like, group therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did yep. you say that? Or it was did a founder. I just like, no, it was a participant okay. who said that. <laughs> yeah. I And I could see that because like you, you need people, like you said, to call you out on your own bullshit because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if somebody comes to this and is like, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and there's like 15 other people there, one of those 15 people is going to be thinking and have the guts to say like, really? <laughs> Are you now? <laughs> You know, because you can't see, you, you're stuck inside your own perspective. And so that's one of the things that I think is really important about community is that like, of like-minded people in, in a similar boat as you. Yes. You know, like, yes, you all are sharing a very similar experience because you're all in that same boat, but you all have your own perspectives. People could see things to, from a different angle than you about your own business. And 100%. So important. <laughs> 100%. Like, one great example is um, one of our participants. She's all about helping first-gen college students get into college. And she was, like, running a webinar. And she, like, posted this marketing banner for social media, like, on the Slack channel where we're all on. And we're all like, this looks great, but um, you didn't put who the webinar's for. <laughs> she, like, <laughs> lives in, you know, she lives in first-gen world. So she didn't even think to say, hey, first-gen college students, you should come to my webinar. It was just <laughs> like, and she thought it was so funny. But that's yeah. that, that outside perspective of like, we all have blind spots we don't know. And having community too that shares the same language mm-hmm. is really important because if you look at a lot of entrepreneurial support, like organizations, oftentimes they will bring in mentors and they will bring in advisors and you can learn a ton from other founders, right? Like, Go and interview people in your industry. Go and do your research. But be very careful whose advice you take. And Mm. in FISO, we're so big into how about we ask a question versus say our opinion, right? Like how do we question each other or call to light, you know, blind spots? But also like, I mean, when I was starting FISO, um, 
I talked to one friend about it and um, they're like, you're all over the place. Like, why can't you just do one thing? And it like, I went home and I was in like so upset for about 24 hours. And then I'm like, okay, number one phrase, like the, the way it was phrased was like, you're all over the place. Yes. I mean, for me, it was a pivot. Like that was like starting FISO was like moving towards, I want to be a consultant. And by the way, we're going to create this resource too. And, and it solidified for me, like, yes, I'm, I'm ready to abandon this thing to go do this next thing. But also like, was that the right way to go about it? <laughs> like, I mean, it like ruined my day for like, or we were in a few days of my life and in turn, it ruined my husband's day for a few days. And like, <laughs> it stressed me out and created like a personal crisis. Yeah. Versus, you know, asking that question. Like, yeah. Are you doing too much? Are you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and it was an explore, and it was an exploratory period. So yeah. like, so many programs are like, okay, what's your idea and what is your plan? And like, we're going to help you do it. And then we're going to help you compete for money. Yeah. And one thing that I've found <laughs> as someone who's starting a startup on the side, a lot of, a lot of these programs want you to commit mm -hmm. to full-time entrepreneur of this one thing. Ugh. And it's, it's like, well, that's not realistic. No. Because for one thing, I'm a woman. I don't have funding. <laughs> I got to do this myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then don't get me started. Um, if you want a service, if you're a service provider, oh, like yeah. a web developer or a consultant, you're just trying to sell people stuff. So you're not going to have a high growth business. So nobody wants to help you. And I'm yeah. like, that fun fact is also <laughs> very uninclusive yeah. when it comes to like who's getting support. Because building a services organization in and of itself is still hard. Mm -hmm. Like. All business founding is challenging, and we all need community and resources, and that drove me insane, right? Like, this idea that only certain businesses are worthy of support. Yeah, yeah, I hated that. I felt like I was running into a wall all the time when I was looking for support. <sighs> and I'm like, okay, really? So because I am not selling a product, I don't get advice? Ugh. Like, Really? And the, yeah. Okay, here's the other thing. So a dear friend um, told me this metaphor, and I love it. Entrepreneurship, like, is this huge thing. And everybody, when they think of entrepreneurship, they think of Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Well, Shark Tank is the big leagues, y'all. Venture capital money and getting funded and being high growth, that's the big leagues. How, like, what do we have that's the rec league? What do we yeah. have that's the minor league, right? And so, like, I would say FISO fits into that, like— we're like anything from minor to like wait what I'm Inter baseball. intramural sports. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, I would even say we're it's all the rec league. Up to it's like, the rec league, not the rec league. What's the, what's the next one? I don't the know. minors. I would say like so we have okay. people from the rec oh, all the way sure. to the minors, right? So some people are like five years in and they're like, eh, we're pivoting. Mm -hmm. This is really outside of my comfort zone. I would love community in this, but that's just it. Like. We're one of the few programs that's, like, creating community around that. Because, yeah. oh, and there's a reason for that. There's not a lot of money <laughs> in helping entrepreneurs that are super early stage. Yeah. And we run a pay-what-you-can program that— and that in and of itself is complicated. That's why I laugh. Right. I'm like, how do we keep the lights on versus how— what Yeah. Are, what do we do with Vice? And I, <laughs> that's one of the coolest things about your company because you started— before you started Noel & Co., mm. you were doing FISO. 
And it was a pay what you can thing. And you're like, I want to keep doing this. It's so important to me. I need to pay myself though. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, I need to make some money. So, and, and you've got this MBA and you're super smart and fun. And I just love that you started Noel & Co. so that you can do both of these things. Yes. Well, and that's mistake number three is like mission-driven people <laughs> care so much about the mission that they don't think about the money. And I mean, me too. Like yeah. I spent a year solid just freelancing and focusing on FISO all to be like, this is never really going to pay the bills, is it? Yeah. <laughs> like the math does not add up. Oops. And I felt so dumb. Like that was oh, like you did? I oh didn't god, know that. Oh. yeah. I, that one, I was just like, how I call it like napkin math. Like, how did I not do the napkin math? Like, I was so passionate about it, I didn't even think about the money. But you should like back yeah. to that self care component. Like, it's okay to make money, more money, more mission, right? Like, that's what Noel yeah. Co does. It's like y'all need to make money so you can create great jobs and have resources to give back and. You know, have resources to be mindful in how you, you know, build your products or take care of the environment in your community. So I am pro-money, and I'm pro, like, self-care and burnout. Like, that's that's what we also see is just yeah. burnout, right? That's a, So I was along for the ride while yeah. you were doing that, oh my gosh. that year. And <laughs> I never— crazy. To me, I was like, this isn't permanent. That's why I was like, oh, I didn't think you were being stupid. You took a year— to like do what you needed to do mm-hmm. so that you could freelance, you could do self-care, you could do a podcast, you could interview people and take their pictures. And oh, yeah. You could do— too. So fun. <laughs> and like starting this amazing accelerator program and creating this toolkit and everything. And then when, it, when the time was right, then you were like, okay, now it's time for me to start my own business. But I didn't see that as a stupid, like, oh, you weren't thinking about it. That was inside your head. You needed somebody to tell you that you're not being stupid. <laughs> well, when I think that's just like where there's that disconnect is how you perceive mm. a blind spot, which isn't even a blind spot. Like I actually think I loved, I had for a while, I was carrying around that tote bag, not all who wonder are lost. Yeah. And I was very like, I still believe that. Like society does not like, you to wonder. They're like, what do you do? What is your life? Like, what is the definitive thing I can, you can tell me so I can understand you. And people are complicated and life is complicated and career paths are complicated. And that crazy journey and all of those experiences, that's actually like why my consultancy works. Like one of our coolest projects last year was a the products team at a larger B Corp in the area that was like, hey, we want to take like new global education courses to market. Can you teach me how to do that? And I'm like, sure, let me show you all these things that we teach, you know, pretty much in FISO. Here's the process for how do you go to market? You know, it was just happened to be for a company that is larger and has resources, which yeah. is so cool. And so even that path it's not actually a failure. It mm-hmm. it felt like a mistake, but I don't know. I mean, but that's the whole point. That's the you point. Need- you started this by saying <laughs> pivots feel like failure. And it does feel like, you yeah, know, it and you're like, like it felt like a mistake. And it's like, okay, but was it? Right. No. <laughs> no, it was a lesson, right? Yeah. And, and it was a shift and it was a pivot, right? I'm like, oh, I need more customers that make that have money and budget. Yeah. That can then see a bigger ROI, right? right. Product market fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
But from a mission-driven standpoint, and that's where, like, I love the B Corp movement is it still justifies FISO. Like, do I hope that it is slightly more profitable in the future? Yes. Will we continue to iterate upon it? Yes. Do I sometimes question whether it should be a nonprofit? Absolutely. But TBD, I mean, but no matter, there's no right answer. And every single one of those different paths is complicated. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's the inside of impact. (laughs) Exactly. And if the thing only lasts five years, you made a huge impact on how many lives through that? Uh, Well, and that's the other thing, too, is I, like, I'm obsessed with scale. But FISO in my mind is starting to become, like, more local. Like, if I can ever franchise it, that would be my dream. So, you know, mm. if you live in another town or city that's like, oh, man, we want FISO and you can find someone to do it, let's talk. But <laughs> if it just stays local and we do it once a year, I mean, the relationships I've made and the community I've had, like, it is the favorite thing I've ever done in my entire life. So, like, and I get to run a brand, let's figure your shit out. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> what marketer doesn't want to work on that brand? Like, seriously. It's a blast. <laughs> I know. So your um, your new website, fyso.co, is really cute. Thanks. Um, that's where you can go to find all this cool information. But we'll get back to that in a minute. First, before we end, okay. I have a final question Ooh. that I like to ask people. What person or company doing good has had the biggest impact on you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pick? Okay, I feel like this was Elisa, like, teeing herself up for a compliment. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> well, because now I'm like, oh, I'm like— I, how could I even think of anyone other than, like, you and Unity Web Agency? Oh, my like, God. Well, because, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get, like, at least— I feel like we might both start crying. Um, yeah, because, I mean, we've talked about that whole story. And, you know, Elisa, how many years ahead of me were you? I founded my company in 2016. Yes, you were two years ahead of me. So, like, I met Elisa through the B Corp movement, and then I quit my job, and, like— you were one of my first clients, which was, like, life-changing because when you're a freelancer, you need somebody to take a chance on you. And then I've watched you as a leader and how you've on your team, and I've seen it evolve, and I've been part of it. And you help you let me test things and on your business that then help me understand what I'm good at and what I'm not. And, yeah. So, I mean, it's hands down your company and you have made, oh, like, the biggest impact on my life, which, Thank you know— you. I know. Well, thank you. I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I was not prepping. I was not like, oh, this is going to be all about me. You you could have said Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> oh, I mean, they're really awesome. I mean, that they were like the huge catalyst. But if you actually ask like my oh. life, it's definitely unity. Thank like, you. I love you, too. I know. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on this podcast, Christina. Mm-hmm. If people want to learn more about you and what you're doing, how can they connect with you? Ooh, find me on LinkedIn. That's where most of my customers are. So that's where I try to live. But I am on, so I'm Christina Marino Well on LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, if you want to see our business that makes money, it's noelandco.io, N O E L A N D C O.io. Because .com is taken mm. <laughs> by a business that's nothing like yours. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't now now everyone's gonna go check out noelleandco.com um <laughs> it's great marketing's so fun and so hard but um yeah hit me up on the gram hit me up on linkedin i'm sometimes on facebook still but if you've deleted it i understand 
Thank you so much, Christina, for being on today's show. To get the FISO Founders Guide, go to bit.ly slash FISO Guide. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash F-Y-S-O Guide. We'll also include a link in the show notes. And thank you for listening to Inside Impact. If you like this show, we'd love it if you would give us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're using right now. For all of you making an impact in your communities, let's hear about it. Send us an email to podcast at unitywebagency.com and we'll be sure to mention what you're doing on the show or even have you on. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Elisa Hur, and we'll talk to you again soon on Inside Impact.